Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. In the name of God, the most beneficent, the most merciful. All thanks and praise is due to God. We seek God's help and forgiveness. We seek refuge in God from the evil within ourselves and the consequences of our evil deeds. Whoever God guides will never be led astray, and whoever God leads astray will never find guidance. I bear witness there is no God but God, alone without any partners, and I bear witness that Muhammad is God's servant and God's messenger. You who believe, be mindful of God, as is God's due, and make sure you devote yourselves to God to your dying moment. Quran chapter 3, verse 102. Assalamu alaikum again. Sisters, peace be upon you all. Thank you so much for being here. And I stand here, I'm feeling very full. Full of joy, full of gratitude. Gratitude for standing here, for delivering the khutbah today, for having something value to share with you all. I'm grateful for breathing. I'm grateful for being me. I'm grateful for feeling connected to Allah in intimate ways that I can feel his presence and I know he's there with me and I never feel alone. I'm grateful for Allah to giving me that honor and that opportunity to feel his blessings and his presence. Allah is my sustainer, Allah is my creator, and he is my best friend. Everything I am is for him, through him, by him, because of him. I ask you, who is Allah for you? God for you. How do you relate to him? And how does your relationship with Allah say about who you are? These are some of the questions I'm intending to reflect on today with you during the khutbah as we discuss the power and the importance of having faith in yourself. Faith, what do you have faith in? And how does this faith influence your everyday life? First and foremost, I'm gonna distinguish between faith, spirituality, and religion, the way I understand it and the way I'll be talking about it today. Um, so this is not the end-all definitions, just mine. Faith to me is deep self-trust. Faith is an intimate relationship within yourself. It is inside of you, it is your ability and your experience of feeling unshakable confidence and just living with that. Spirituality, on the other hand, is your connection with something that is greater than you. It is your connection to Allah. It's your connection to others, that overall sense of oneness. There is a verse in the Quran that says, if anyone slays a human being, unless it be in punishment for murder or for spreading corruption on earth, it shall be as though he had slain all mankind. Whereas if anyone saves a life, it shall be as though he had saved the lives of all mankind. Chapter 5, verse 32. This verse reflects the interconnectedness that we have as one, 
And this is the experience of spirituality. Religion is a framework. It's a structure and serves two purposes. First, it's a, it's a refuge for us to go to find our own answers, our answers about how to live, what we believe, what we do, how we interact. All of those answers we find in our religion. So for me, Islam, for others in their own frameworks. And the second purpose that it serves is that it creates a sense of community, of shared values, shared practices, shared beliefs. So you feel that connectedness, right? And that also, of course, impacts the spiritual experience. I'm going to take a very simple example that as Muslims we do engage in every day, which is Salat, the ritualistic prayer and show how that can be an experience of faith, spirituality, and religion all at the same time. So when we stand up and make the intention to pray and have value that what we are doing, that has a purpose, that is your experience of faith. So how you stand, where you stand, when you stand, that is all an example of faith because you do it with that intentionality. When you feel God's presence around you and you can imagine him in front of you when you prostrate, when you feel connected to your sister who you may or may not know but is shoulder to shoulder and you feel connected to her, that is your experience of spirituality. And when you say, Allahu Akbar, God is greater, and start reciting the verses from the Quran and the way that our Prophet, peace be upon him, taught us, that is your experience of religion. If you were Jewish or Christian, your religious experience of praying would be different. But I would think that your experience of spirituality and faith will be more similar than anything else. So now imagine if you made salat or prayed like that without feeling, without the intentional acknowledgement um, to your faith or feeling Allah's presence around you. Would it still be just as powerful? I have to confess, I, have, I am guilty. I have prayed that way sometimes. When I'm in a rush or I'm short on time, so I'll pray quickly to be in a compliance with my religious obligations. But in those moments, I don't feel that same closeness to Allah. I don't have the same level of intentionality. And for me, that is not as powerful because I'm disconnected. And this is exactly why it is so important to reflect on every day as often as possible on what you have faith in. Why is what you do so meaningful to you? This awareness of faith is what makes my daily experiences and worship of Allah so much more meaningful and deeper. And that's what I wish for you. There are three levels of faith in our tradition as taught in the hadith, which are sayings of the prophet and further explained in the Quran and the commentary and stuff and like that. So those three levels of faith are Islam, Iman, and Ihsan. Islam is the outward submission 
through following the five pillars of Islam. So the ritualistic engagements of believing in the oneness of God and Prophet Muhammad being his messenger, in fasting and praying and giving charity and doing the pilgrimage. Iman literally means faith and is a deeper level than Islam because it further lays out what to believe in and assumes a closeness to Allah at an intellectual and emotional level. Ihsan, the highest level of faith, is commonly translated as excellence, which comes from a constant awareness of, of Allah's presence and just striving to do your best because you feel that presence. In the context of today's khutbah to, uh, today, you can see Islam as your religious experience, Iman as your experience of faith, and Ihsan as your spiritual experience. In chapter 49, verse 14, um, it says, the Arab said, we have believed. Say, you have not believed. But say, we have submitted. For faith has not yet entered your hearts. In this word, the Arab, the person who is being spoken of, said we have believed when they meant to say we have reached the level of uh, Iman. But Allah, praise to him, told his messenger to tell them that they have not believed yet. That's why they should instead say we have submitted to Allah by becoming Muslim. So they're engaging in the practices of Islam because the second level of Iman is not, has not entered your heart. So this is something to grow with. This is not just automatic. There are two key questions to ask yourself every day as you get ready in the morning. The first one is, what do I have faith in? Really feel this faith. You know, Mimir, I, I know sometimes you're so used to just throwing stuff out, and this is what I believe, and this is what I do. But feeling it is a totally different idea. And so to give you an example, some days I connect with my faith in Allah as my guide because I'm seeking clarity and guidance that day. Some other days, I remind myself that I have the faith in the power of relationships because I'm getting ready to say something and I'm, you know, worried of how it will be received. Other days, I reconnect with my faith in myself and my potential when I start feeling doubtful or scared or nervous about showing up and am I ready for this or not. I feel the strength of my faith in my purpose and my intention to be of service. These are just some of the things that I have faith in and I, I you know, intentionally reflect on what I have faith in. What do you have faith in? The second critical question to ask is, what becomes possible with even greater faith? In other words, what would change with greater faith as you experience it? Now, this is an exciting but scary question to ask because you will find that with faith, nothing is impossible, right? Impossible, I am possible. Perhaps your big dream is to spend quality time with your family and friends like you haven't been able to due to obligations. Perhaps your dream is to be a scholar or an author, yay. <laughs> or perhaps 
it is to establish a new community like the Women's Mosque of America. Or perhaps it is to start a new movement. Whatever it is, your highest dream is not big or small because of its scale or what it is. It is big because of the meaning it has for you, how important it is to you. And so there is no comparison between my dream and your dream. But the level of courage that is needed and confidence that is needed to make it come true is more similar. It is precisely when your dream is big or when you are getting ready to take that big step that all those doubts and insecurities and I'm not ready enough and all of that starts creeping in. Anyone relate? Yeah? Definitely. Me, definitely. And, you know, it's like, have you ever felt really uncomfortable and scared and hesitant with pursuing that one idea that you have had? So think about what was it that helped you to be in action of that dream or that goal regardless of all those insecurities and things came up for you. And if you did not take action on that big idea, then what was it at the core that prevented you? That's something for reflection. Now, as a Muslim, I have faith in that Allah is in charge of all the results. However, I am in charge of all my efforts and intentions. And this level of responsibility and accountability is precisely why having faith in yourself is so important, because I am responsible for me. Having faith in the Quran as revelation, faith in the practices of Sunnah, the way that we learn from our Prophet, and the religious tenets of Islam are not enough. To feel alive, to live your highest potential as God has given you, to worship him the best that you can, to be as loving as you would like, to be able to receive as much love as you are deserving for all of this and more, you must have faith in yourself. I'm blessed, truly, and I'm touched that my mom's here and you know she taught, helped me to feel really connected to God. And so I've always had faith in Allah. And while I changed, you know, my world around me changed because we moved from one country to another, I always turned to Allah with my questions, with my needs, with my thoughts, my confusions, all of it. But about three, four years ago, I realized that having faith in God was not enough. I was not aware of my own resources and my own potential that he has given me, and I wasn't using it. Um, it when, if I was sad, I would say, oh, Allah, make me happy. If I was, wanted something, I'd be like, oh, Allah, Mia, give it to me. You know, please open the doors for me. If I was afraid or stuck, I'd be like, God, guide me. And that is great. I still ask Allah for everything, like every single thing. I'm never going to change that. However, I cannot just rely on God to just give it to me, right? And that's where I come in. I have to make the effort to identify the opportunity to make my own decisions and choices. I have to reach out for support. I have to seek the answers I'm looking for. I have to do the work of tying the camel and not just pray and say, oh, Allah, do this for me. 
So really quick about the tying the camel metaphor, it's a very popular hadith, uh, which is a saying of the Prophet. And it basically goes uh, where this man approached the uh, Prophet and he said, um, oh messenger, I have uh, a lot of, okay, I'm gonna read it actually, because um, asked the Prophet, should I tie my camel and have tawakkul, which means trust in Allah for her protection, or should I leave her untied and have tawakkul? The Prophet replied, tie her and have tawakkul. So it's an and, it's not only, right? So I must have faith in myself to make those decisions and to do the best I can to move forward. Believe in myself enough to know that I can tie the camel and this is the right time to tie the camel, right? Take a moment to really reflect on a time when you did rely on Allah to deliver without you tying the camel. I can think of several times. Um, before I left my job to uh, pursue coaching and speaking as my full-time uh, career, I got a certification and you know I was practicing and very with great ease I got my first seven clients. I was like, yay, this thing works, I, this is easy, I can do it, I, let, I can leave my job. This was Allah giving me the encouragement that you're on the right path, go for it. It helped me to be courageous, but I took that ease, that encouragement for granted. And the first, after leaving my job the first month, no new clients. I had my plans, I had the intention, but somehow unconsciously, I never, you know, it was very unconscious, but I did not put enough effort to put those plans into action. I relied on Allah. So in the, in the absence of having faith in myself, I did not push myself enough to step outside of my comfort zone. And that's where having faith in yourself is so important. What changed was that I got to know myself on a deeper level. I came, started to trust myself more, and slowly I developed the faith in myself. Enough faith to make that phone call and ask for a referral. Enough faith to approach someone and say, hey, um, I see you take speakers, can I be one of them? Enough to say, you know, okay, I'm gonna invest in myself because this is important for my growth. Taking action increased my faith in myself and it brought me closer to Allah. And my faith in Allah is also deeper. Yet, at the back of my mind, I always had a fear. If I acknowledge anything great about myself, that, oh, I can do this, or think I have the ability to do something, then won't I be arrogant or overconfident? I don't want to be arrogant. I don't want to be overconfident. I want to stay connected to Allah and be humble. So let's clean this up a little bit because I have a feeling that this fear is true for several of us. And um, how can we not hold ourselves back from living our God-given potential out of fear of arrogance? In striving to be great, excellence, ihsan, right, the highest level of faith, we must not lose sight of where our greatness comes from and that in itself is a distinction. 
Arrogance is when you think you are the above the rest somehow, you are the best, you somehow know better, you're undefeatable, or you're deserving than others. So it's a comparison. We can look at Pharaoh and the shaitan, Iblis in the Quran as the ultimate examples of arrogance. Shaitan thought he was better than Prophet Abraham, peace be upon him, and refused to acknowledge him. Pharaoh thought he was undefeatable and most powerful and so continued to do the atrocities that he did. I want to take a more subtle example, though, of arrogance, um, which is the Battle of Uhud. It was the second battle with the Meccans, uh, where Muslims were being persecuted and were driven out of their homes, their, their um, land, and were only, only allowed to fight in defense and were had added guidelines as well on how to fight so they wouldn't transgress. In the first battle, Battle of Badr, the Muslims uh, were outnumbered. It was three to one. They were nervous, they were scared, and still they went in and they won. What changed then from the first battle to the second battle? What changed was that in the second battle, they were still outnumbered, but now they had confidence, they had evidence that God is with them and God can, you know, will not let them uh, be defeated. So um, this is a subtle example of arrogance because it can enter our hearts, you know, when we take something for granted, that in itself is a form of arrogance as evidence of our worthiness, our strength, our ability, and we get disconnected from God. And this is what happened with me, with my seven clients, right? Never for a single moment did I think, oh, I'm so amazing, I don't need to do the work and people will just come to me. Never ever did I consciously think that. But somehow that expectation of ease and success found its way in my heart. And this is what we have to be wary of. Um, because never, I, I do my best to never ever forget that I am a creation of Allah, the Almighty, the All-Knowing. Nothing is hidden from Him, not my intentions, not my efforts, not my thoughts, and definitely not my weaknesses. So as long as you remember your connection to Allah as your creator and recognize that everything that you have, you are, is due to Him, you will not be arrogant because you'll remember your source. And you can become great. You have permission to be great. But wait, how can you be humble, which is a big value in the Muslim tradition, is humility, submission. How can you be humble and still strive for greatness? How is that possible? How can you be humble and still think you are deserving of more love, appreciation, prosperity, friendship, beauty, whatever it is that you, are, you, you want and desire. Arrogance and humility are actually not two different things, but the same on opposite ends of the spectrum, right? And so in our fear of arrogance and our love for humility, we forget that there is a lot of space in the middle to, to be ourselves. And again, as long as I remember that Allah is the source of my greatness, I can be great and still be humble. I, it, the main thing is to not take anything 
uh, for granted as I strive for excellence, ihsan, which is the highest level of faith. With Allah's guidance and mercy, I'm responsible for being and doing my best as long as I don't think I'm the only one who is great or deserving. You did not appear randomly on this earth. You were intentionally created by the one and only creator. And your creator, my creator, our creator is the most beautiful most merciful, most gracious, most powerful, most incredible, most exalted. And so how can his creation be anything less than great? In his other creations, from the tiny ants to the enormous whales, I'm always amazed by how enormous they really are. And the sky, you know, to the earth, to the leaves of a tree, to the small atoms in the, in the universe, they're all beautiful and great creations of the creator and are contributing to the overall function of this universe the way he has envisioned it and created it. Then how can you and I, as his creation, be any less great, beautiful, or significant? Feel that. Feel that. Own that. We tend to think out there, you know, the big concepts, the big pictures, the big beliefs, we look outside onto the scholars to teach us how to interpret the Quran. We look to our family to help us how to behave. We look to the economy to tell us what careers to take. I invite you to look intimately at yourself. Look inside, get to know yourself, your own potential, your own unique purpose, your own passions and strength and use all of it in service of God, from Allah with Allah's guidance. Each element God has created serves a purpose, so you are not just another human being. You're, you better recognize your greatness, because unless you do, you will not be inclined to express it and use it in service of others, to others, to earn Allah's pleasure. And that's the jihad al-nafs, right? The inner struggle for excellence. So Quran, fifth, chapter 50, 16. Indeed, we have created the human, and we know whatever thoughts their inner selves develop, and we are closer to them than their jugular vein. A quote from Rumi, uh, a philosopher, writer. A basket full of bread sits on your head but you beg for crusts from door to door. Up to your knees in the stream's water and you seek a drink from this person and that. What would that you could know yourself for a time? Would that you could know what you are made of? Would that you could know that there is an infinite supply awaiting you? Would that you could see a sign of your own beautiful face? silly humans, not knowing your own self. You have come from a higher state and fallen into lowliness. You have sold yourself cheaply. You, fare, you wear satin, yet you have sewn yourself into a tattered cloak. If you could see your own beauty, if you could see your own greatness, for who you are is greater than the sun. Why are you withered and shriveled in a prison of dust?
For a moment, remember, remember who you are. You are the son or the daughter of life itself. May Allah, my creator, your creator, guide us in ways that are best for us so that we live our lives in ways that are pleasing to him. May we express ourselves and our greatness, our potential with humility in service to our sustainer and his creation. May we always remember that from him we have come and onto him is our return. I say what I have said, may God forgive all of us. Alhamdulillah, all praise and thanks are due to God alone. What do you have faith in? What is possible with even greater faith? Yes, it is easier said than done. It is hard to imagine what seems impossible or impractical to actually be possible. But it is our job, it is not our job, to strive for what is possible by focusing on the probability. It is not our job to look for the ease in the journey. Our job as Muslims is to strive for what is righteous, do our absolute best for the sake of Allah, in service to others, and leave the results onto Allah. There is a tendency to associate nonviolence and um, examples of its success to great leaders like Martin Luther King and Gandhi and Nelson Mandela, but we have an amazing model preceding even that. Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. How feasible was it at that time to expect or to even hope for the courage to renounce their hatred for our Prophet, the Muslims, for the religion? They were determined to wipe out Islam, wipe out the Prophet and the followers. And yet the Prophet returned to Mecca, got victory over the Quraysh without shedding a single drop of blood. It was a completely peaceful re-entry. Many Quraysh over time uh, embraced Islam and some did not. But this story is not significant because of the outcomes. This is significant because of what was required of Prophet Muhammad and his followers to make it possible. The amount of patience that is required, the degree of faith that is required, the level of resilience and commitment that is required, the immense love for this vision that was required. We often fall for that which is easy or practical and makes sense. We prefer what is convenient and acceptable. But it requires courageous faith to strive for a vision that breathes life into you. And that is what I'm inviting you to take on today. I'm inviting you to be courageous so that you can be your best self and come even closer to Allah, living all the three levels of faith, Islam, Iman, and Ihsan. O oh, you who have attained to faith, remain conscious of God and seek to come closer onto him and strive hard in his cause so that you might attain to a happy state. Chapter 5, verse 35. You and I are human beings. Just note the word human beings. There are two distinct words, human being. 
human reflects the roles and identities that we take on. So I'm a Muslim, I'm a woman, I'm a daughter, I'm a sister, right? But who I am being in those roles is what makes me memorable. That is what I'm accountable for. That is what I will be judged for. Having faith in yourself means becoming very intentional with who you are being because you believe in what you believe you can be that regardless of the circumstances, just like the prophet and his followers. They stayed strong in their faith regardless of the obstacles that came forth. In chapter 23, um, 26, verse 26, God has promised us, we do not burden any human being with more than he is well able to bear. For with us is a record that speaks the truth about what men do and can do, and none shall be wronged. Chapter 23, verse 62. This is my creator's promise to me, his creation. What more assurance do I need than knowing that to have faith in myself than to know that he knows I can do it. He knows I can handle whatever comes my way. Why am I urging you again and again to strive for greatness, though? What does it even mean to be great? Being great is not defined by your achievement of success or fame. Instead, greatness is defined by your intentions and efforts to strive for ihsan, excellence. How much of it you do attain is up to God. Remember, you are remembered for who you are being. The results you achieve are just a bonus. They're a nice reward, but they're not the destination. Our ultimate destination is with God. I was sitting at a personal development conference a while back, and the speaker said, good is the enemy of greatness. And even though I was one of the 600 people in the audience, it was as if her words hit me like a brick, you know, like bricks just crashing on my head or something. And everything, alhamdulillah, praise be to God, at that time was good in my life. I had a great job, amazing family. I had, my needs were being met. I was happy. And it is really easy to get comfortable with being good. But is that really what living is really about? It is our responsibility as Muslims to always be striving for excellence. Now, is this excellence achieved by the mindset of staying good or striving to be great? That is what hit me like, a, like the bricks falling on my head. I was like, oh my goodness, I have to be great, what? And I froze. Um, it took me a while. <laughs> prophet Muhammad was already amazing before he even became the prophet. He was trusted in the community, loved, happily married, successful, healthy, respected. He had it all. And still, he would spend hours and days alone in a cave, Hira. Why? Because he was not satisfied with being good enough. He was not satisfied with just following the crowd and living life like a routine. He, had, he was unhappy with the great, grave injustices that were happening around him. And he knew that more could be done to help the women, the children, the orphans. 
He had big questions. He knew there was more to life, and he did not stay quiet. He looked inside of him for answers in the absence of Google and scholars and traveling the world, right? He did what he could do to get the answers. Now, Kiev Hira is not anything spectacular. So has anyone been there, perhaps? Oh, yay, wow, see? So it's the, this tiny cave, right? There's nothing special about this cave other than the fact that he used to go there and this was his spot. But it was in this cave that he found the stillness to access his own answers within himself. He didn't know that while sitting in this very cave, one day Angel Gabriel Jibrael would come to him with God's message and his life would change. But everything that happened to his life up until that moment, including his intentional trips to Cave Hera, were instrumental in getting him ready for the humongous task of leading the Muslim community as the last messenger of Allah. The Prophet's frequent intentional visits to the cave are significant because he took action. He chose to make time for this, and this is an example of being a co-creator with God. You know, about tying the camel and doing it, that co-creator. Allah is all-knowing, but as humans, we are not. We, are, we create our own perspectives, our own priorities, our own experiences, our own decisions, and we give shape to our life in that way and to our relationships as well. So unlike our creator, we have limitations, weaknesses, and needs, and desires, and that is why we have to actively meet work to meet those needs and nourish ourselves. And that is why you have to have faith in yourself to, in your deservingness. Having faith in yourself as a co-creator means two things. First, you have faith in your deservingness and ability to choose, be, and do meaning you have faith in your power and ability to make decisions. And secondly, you believe in yourself enough to take action. Whatever action you can take with whatever you do have with wherever you are at, just like our prophet when he could only go to Cave Hera and have those moments of silence, that's what he did. Imagine you have a million dollars in your bank account. Good imagination right? <laughs> right now. But you were too cautious, too uh, worried about investing it wrong or it running out or losing it. So you leave the million dollars in the bank and never touch it. You even forget about it. What would happen? What would that money be worth? Now imagine all the different ways you can use that money for yourself, for your loved ones, for the community, what would that do? You and I are like that. We really are. Within ourselves at any given point, there are millions of dollars worth assets waiting to be cashed and used. Our strengths, our ideas, our passions, our experiences, your skills, your vision, your love, your wisdom, the list is endless. Even the scars and the wounds are priceless. 
Each of those is worth millions of dollars, and only you can cash these millions by choosing to acknowledge it and make and use it in ways that are best. That makes you irreplaceable and unique. Soak it in. You're worth millions. If you like, you can even make that billions. Deep breath. Your creator is infinite, most powerful, most gracious, most merciful, most exalted, most abundant. This is your creator. That is my creator. Would it then make sense that the creation of the most exalted is anything but great or unworthy? I have faith in that Allah did not create anything randomly or by mistake. He created everything intentionally with a purpose. That includes you, that includes me, that includes everyone we love and respect, and even the ones that we don't understand and we are appalled by. It is our first and primary responsibility to get to know ourselves and then express ourselves, inshallah, with gratitude as creations of the ultimate creator. The dua, God commands justice, doing good, and generosity towards relatives, and God forbids what is shameful, blameworthy, and oppressive. God teaches you so that you may be, you may take heed. May we always feel close to Allah as our creator, sustainer, and guide. May Allah help us to know ourselves, love ourselves, and express ourselves in ways that are pleasing to him and best for us. May we have the wisdom, the patience, the courage, and the strength to understand Allah's guidance and act upon it. Ameen. Wa kimna as Let's perform the prayer. <laughs>